listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello! Welcome to the podcast. It's Two Chunks and a Hunk. I'm Jordan Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> the tonal quality of your voice as you said hello. What are was, you this week? Was hey listen from The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I'm Navi. Uh, and this week I'm the chunk. I'm Doge. And hyperbole isn't the worst crime. Men suffer more from chunking too little than too much. And I'm Carter. And trust me, they don't know it yet, but they're going to chunk you. I couldn't help but notice that at the beginning of this, the greatest show on earth, (laughs) the three of us, neither of us said the other half of the name of this great show. None of us is the hunk. And I don't know why. I know why. Tell us. Because we have a very special hunk this week. Yes, we do. It's Daryl from the bank. Daryl from the bank. Bank Daryl. Bank Daryl. You can take that. To where Daryl works. You can take it to, to Daryl and take he'll it to Daryl's house. I don't know if he lives there. He probably doesn't. I'm right. going to go out on a limb and say he does not live at the bank. Listen, okay. we... I mean, I've only ever seen him there. About 24 hours ago at the time <laughs> of this true. recording, <laughs> we opened up our small business account at a bank. We did like it. Real Boys. Which seems like a generous nomenclature for our podcast, but... It well, is what it we, is. We asked, we asked, hey, is there like a very, very small business account? And they said no. So we went with regular. So we'll just small take business. the small business account. A Thank mini you. business? Is there a smallest business? Do you guys yes. have is just a podcast account? Can we open up a podcast account at the bank, please? And they said no. <laughs> what if it's like not so much a business as just we tape ourselves talking and then sometimes people buy shirts of our words? Is that anything? <laughs> we we got lucky. We got lucky with with Daryl. Daryl is probably the coolest person I've ever met. Who yes. works at a bank. One hundred percent. He had on Dragon Ball Z socks. Talked Piccolo to us about socks. movies and uh, video games for a good bit. He's a cool dude. I like Daryl. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, so imagine my surprise when I heard Piccolo socks and was expecting to find a tiny flute on his socks. There they were. <laughs> Doge was like, "Hey, drum flute. major." <laughs> <laughs> he. So we did talk about like we wanted to shout him out and we hope that he's listening because we saw this man subscribe. That's probably yeah, the we watched his thing. finger yeah, hit subscribe. That is really we cool. watched him subscribe to our podcast. So um I hey, think that we're means, gonna have that to means keep that this episode will be automatically downloaded to Bank Daryl's phone. It's true. It's gonna be there for Bank Daryl. And so I think I think we need to be there for Bank Daryl. So listeners, you're in on it. If you're listening to the greatest showman episode, if weeks from now, we're just randomly like, and this one's for Daryl. I think yeah, you this know one's for Daryl. And I love that he gets to join our very unique, uh, band of people that we admire. I was about to say, if, it, if our like people that we admire are the muses on the vase in Hercules, we have the strangest vase. I wouldn't we want have it any other way an though. Interesting vase, but yeah, exactly. Me neither. Does that mean pain and panic is Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez for us? Absolutely. I hadn't, I didn't think it was until now, but I'm not going to think anything else. They have a chance to rewrite that though. Honestly, they don't have to stars and panic. (laughs) Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of, what are we speaking of today? We are continuing our musical series with the third musical that you, the listeners, have chosen, and that movie is 
the, the greatest, greatest showman. showman. Uh, and I want to know more about this movie. Uh, I've watched it, certainly, but I want to know a little more. So what I need is a synopsis, nay, a synopsis. Ooh. And there's nobody better than Katie Pestless. Ladies and gents, this is the movie you've waited for. The opening scene makes my jaw straight up hit the floor. That was only the start. There really is so much more. Barnum sings about his dreams and falls in love at 13. Hugh's imagination gets him everything he wanted. He and Charity have no money, but they work hard and his super cute family help him build and pass out fires. He finds people who would otherwise be seen as scary. There's fire, there's felines, there's men in coattails, swinging siblings in day and a bearded lady. I can't believe I haven't mentioned Zac Efron as in it. Oh my lord, the circus is the greatest show. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> That's so high. <laughs> I'm just I'm just in a sing-songy mood. I got well, you a are totally a Woo! totally normal response. Thank you Jordan Doubtfire. <laughs> he loved it. Oh, Katie, that was very good. She keeps yeah. Keeps she, crushing. She's, yeah. Just she's knocking push it out. Us out. Yeah. It's just it's just the podcast is just going to be called Katie pretty soon. <laughs> Katie. You listen to the new episode of Katie? It's actually kind of catchy. <clears throat> I like it. I before we dive headfirst into our conversation before, about before this movie, we dive headfirst, guys, I tightened, I like try to tighten my chair that I sit in to make it less squeaky, and I think I made it more squeaky. Can you oh, guys no. hear it? It's like it sounds like I'm sitting on a duck. <laughs> it, I have the squeakiest chair today. Anyway, I can't hear. I it. just wanted I wanted to get out ahead of that. Yeah, no, that's because fair. I know my inbox is going to be blowing up. I'm going to get <laughs> letters. I'm going to get DMs all over the place. Just. What is that squeaking? It's my chair. I want well, to make that clear. I want to address something, and it is this. I know that this was a vote series. And so the last thing that I, Jordan, want to do is dunk on anybody who voted for something because they love it. You had the right to vote these movies in, and I think that's great. And we're going to talk about them uh, as you voted. I, I just want to get out ahead of this. <clears throat> I don't care for this movie. And I am going to come at it from that direction. Just be prepared. I know people love this movie. I remember, I remember when this movie came out, I remember leaving the theater and being like, nope, not for me, this one. And I remember having so many conversations with people that went like this. Did you see The Greatest Showman? Yeah, I just did. You didn't like it? And it's like, no, I, I think people love it. And I think that's great. <clears throat> That's the th that's the thing I love about like talking about movies though is how subjective it is right because the whole thing is like not this is a bad I mean there are there have been movies that are objectively bad totally, ones that we've talked totally. about but this is by no means an objectively bad movie but there is just uh, I'm kind of in that same camp there is just something about it that did not quite work for me yeah and I don't know if that's a me thing or a greatest showman thing but at the end of the day if you like the greatest showman it doesn't matter if it's a me thing or a greatest yeah. showman thing because if, if it works for you that's awesome totally yeah also Jordan especially since you've already put us down this road yes. if you like the greatest showman let me be your surrogate 
Yeah, uh, because Carter likes you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that from me too. I enjoy it. <clears throat> I like the Greatest Showman, and um, but I totally understand. It's it's not to the point to where. I'm going to hold on to any kind of lore from some fantasy series and be like, but you must, but you must like, like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> it's a, like, yeah, well, you just didn't get it. I totally, I, I probably could list the things that are going to be, uh, <laughs> that are going to be considered bad about this because I will probably join you, but yeah, I think I have right. just a different take on, on totally. what I was expecting for the experience. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think it depends on the said, person, whether that's a deal breaker or not. Those things. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. With that said, <clears throat> I want to ask a question. With the exception of a small handful of songs, why does every song in this movie sound like it was written by Imagine Dragons? <laughs> That's funny. It is so weird the style of music we have chosen to drive this movie. I don't That's understand. That's my super dump. That's my super dump is that okay. it doesn't work for me. It just doesn't match and I don't I don't care for 2011 to 2000 13 radio pop and that seems to be what we're going for with right this. um the and here we go i'm just gonna get it all out of the way right now my super pump is the is the i guess it's technically the second song a million dreams mm-hmm. that to me is like that's one of the best songs in this series and it doesn't match the rest of the music in this movie at all um yeah. a uh, million dreams is also my super pump and it is the okay. best song in this movie yeah like, it to, doesn't match the rest me, of the movie it is to me the best song if we'd gone with that kind of a vibe, because we don't have the super processed percussion and the really like kind of over the, in my opinion, the over the top cheesy gang vocals that just right. like, uh, I don't know, because I was thinking too, like it, it, I don't have to have my music sound like a traditional musical for me to be on board with it. Right. right. We were just talking before we started recording, like my three favorite shows that I've seen in the past year and a half uh, at our, we've talked before about how we all have Dallas summer musical season pass holders, right? Yeah. My three favorite ones that I've seen uh, are Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Away. And not a single one of those sounds like a traditional musical. Right. But it's all very intentional and it matches the story. Or in the case of Hamilton, it doesn't match the story, but we're saying something by how it doesn't match the story. Right. Right. Like well, the, my, the, there's my, a very clear point that that doesn't match the story. And, and I, I know the whole idea is let's make the music sound modern so we can show that P.T. Barnum was ahead of his time. But, yeah. you know, it just it for whatever reason, it just does not land for me. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. I would say the problem for me is not that it is not a traditional musical type type soundtrack. It is just that the music chosen is not interesting to me for an hour and 45 minutes. Like yeah. the style of music that we lean on so heavily that, I mean, it really jokes aside. It's like, it's like 80% Imagine Dragons and 20%, um, who does that song? The, uh, I belong with you. You belong, is that Lumineers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's like, it's like this weird mix of like the Lumineers and Imagine Dragons. Both oh yeah. Of which there is that, that like 2011, like, like Philip Phillips style song in the bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just strange. Yeah, um, I love the music. Um, okay. I really enjoy it, but I am also, I'm not, so my here's my super dump though, and I'll go ahead and put this there. And it's also in in an acknowledgement of of the things that y'all are dumping on too. I think, if, I think the movie plot wise and really leaning into P.T. P. Barnum, and especially when you even read like Hugh Jackman was wanting to make this for nine years or something just because he's so fascinated with P.T. Barnum. I think they lean in too much into trying to make this some kind of like, period like this is how this is how show 
business started, I think they lean in too hard to the narrative when they should have just done like a Moulin Rouge. I don't know if y'all have seen that. Moulin Rouge is kind of a fever dream of music and covers and things like that, and which is a very similar type vibe to The Greatest Showman, even though a lot of this, all, all this stuff was original. But Moulin Rouge doesn't really follow some super narrative. It's just there to be fun. Right. And, I, and I enjoy experiences like that. And <clears throat> I totally get the lens yellow looking at this movie, but I, I went in just to have fun and I ended up having fun. And so it just checked the two boxes I asked of it. You sure. know, I wasn't asking for it to be some kind of biographical thing about P.T. Barnum, because if it was, it, he would not be the hero he's been no painted way. to be. Right. Even though he gets into politics later and, you know, ends up ends up trying to reverse some of the things that he had done in the past. It was certainly not during this time period that he was so much this way. But it, it, it is well, a mess. Yeah. It's, there's it's room, a mess plot-wise and music. There's room, I think, to talk about if we want to. Like, this, this, this movie has done something strange where they have taken a man who pretty famously took advantage of like underprivileged people and people that were at odds with society and made yeah. money off of how like shocked yeah. people were to see it, it, it was not yeah. me, me and all my, me and all my down on our luck pals. It was certainly, certainly um, exploitative. Yeah. It was not good. But even, even that aside, I don't think that I went into this movie Carter, just to address your point a little bit. I don't think yeah. I went in either time expecting Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, some emotional journey with a great story. For me, it really is as simple as it is not a super fun movie to me because I don't care for what it is that I am taking in. Yeah, I see that. I I wish I did. It is pretty. The colors, the dancing is cool. Like I I like the way that it looks most of the time. Um, I I do take issue with like there are things. It just feels like the timeline's all over the place for this one, right? Like- why do we have electricity in New York City that wasn't there yet and things like where did 12. they find where did they find this like <laughs> a, abandoned mansion in sure. Victorian era Manhattan like I feel like you're contradicting yourself right now I'm like what you, I know you're uh I don't what part of you expected this to be like canon or like to be like just kind totally. of make sense totally <laughs> but it's like it's like they did pull from real life elements, like the story of the Swedish right. nightingale, and like, like there there were things that but were. Then we real. invent people whole cloth, like Zac Efron, and have right. him fill the role of of <clears throat> Bailey, who we all know his name. Like that's right. the thing. Like why wasn't right. that? Like everybody knows Barnum and Bailey, right? So why right. are we inventing this Zac Efron character? There's just I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a mess to me. Like like plot wise. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it's kind of and weird. I, kind of I weird totally understand to this one off with, huh, guys? No, I, no, have, I don't think so. Yeah. The the point is, because I promise I'm not taking offense to anything you'll have to say, and I 100% get it, but it feels like we're not able to do this for musicals, but we can do this for other genres. So if action like Fast and Furious doesn't give a care about plot or things that are realistic, that works. We buy that poster and we buy it. Right. But it's just it's funny. And I'm not trying to convince you to do anything higher for The Greatest Showman. But it is kind of like I I love that because it's an experience that we have as watchers because those are very different genres. Right. And it could be different for other people. There's certain things that we throw by the wayside for, for certain movies and say, that's fine, it's appropriate here, or it's so inappropriate, it's ridiculous. And it, maybe it is because 
parts of this movie were trying to take itself too seriously. Right. That make you be like, okay, yeah, but it's not this. Well, and but that's Fast just something that I had thought of. Yeah. Isn't it an action movie and we give it a pass because the action is so crazy and dope? Like, right, that's why I'm saying free like, pass. <clears throat> and so in a, in a well, maybe musical- that's why, Maybe that's why you don't give this one a pass though. That's what I'm saying. Because you don't love the music. Right, that's what I'm saying. In, in Fast and Furious, the action is so fun that we're willing Good to point, give it a yeah. pass because that is what it's selling. You're coming for the action. In a musical, just to be honest, I, I want great music in a musical and this is not that for me and so it leaves plenty of room to judge i mean you look at hamilton that is the history of what's happening in the musical hamilton is all over the place we're not getting the full story of anything things are changed and different Mm -hmm. but the music is so good that it's like well i showed up for the music it's like it weaves a tight enough net that criticism can't get through hamilton is tightly plotted and the music is great and so criticism can't get through that net to me and i don't know that either are especially true of the greatest showman right at least for me because because watching it i'm not getting lost like i want to you know for sure it's it's by far the least acclaimed movie of this entire series and yet i feel like it's one of the most beloved yeah Yeah. like i feel because it is because it is for me i wonder how much influence loving growing up within loving moulin rouge had had for me liking the greatest showman Mm. um because it does feel so much in that same camp that i was like i don't even and it's it's one of those things that there's so many out i bet this this maybe has sold the most albums outside of la la land uh in terms of like music and stuff and greatest showman was so weird because it like i think it was its 11th week it was 26% higher in sales than the first week it was released. Weird. Yeah. So it had this kind of resurgence and stuff too. And I think it's because like word of mouth got around. It made almost exactly. $500 million, but it was just because of like, it. It. it it's funny because it was like music based. I, nobody walks out of that wanting to do, uh, you know, research on P.T. Barnum. Like that's not what it's about. It's not like, sure. oh man, how so, interesting that they found this creative way to talk about the beginning of show business. But I guess some people do feel that way. There's enough people that saw it, but does this movie <clears throat> land differently? I think it does for me, which is why I'm asking. Does this movie land differently if it's not about P.T. Barnum and it's just about some dude that starts a circus in New York that's City? Part of my, so that's yeah. part of my super dump. All of this, none of this music is specifically pointed to this plot. You could have taken yes. this entire soundtrack and put it in something more interesting. Far right. more interesting. Do like a modern day Annie. Put it in like an orphanage or a foster home or something where there's a lot of people that are downtrodden and just disrespected. You know, put it in some kind of, I don't know. It's It, it could be served better somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and so that's a part of my super dump because I do really enjoy the music. It just doesn't really belong here. I think I could have, I could enjoy this experience as much like, with Chelsea and I cooking and us having it on Spotify uh, or even more than, than like just sitting down and actually watching the whole movie. Yes. Because the kind of emotions that you're supposed to feel from this, um, you lose some of it. I feel like when you see what's happening, (laughs) 100%. I remember watching behind the scenes stuff when this movie came out and like the, this, the, um, uh, from now on of, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And it's like, they're all in this room, like crying at this, like run through of the song. And it was like so emotional. And that just does, that's it's not, not how this movie. lands for yeah. me. No, not at all. At all. And I, I, totally and I wish that. it was because it seems like they really cared about this project. And then it just get, got ran through this weird, like, like 106.1 kiss FM filter. Yeah. And then 
popped out and it's like, ah, I don't know that that's what it was supposed to be. Maybe. I don't know. It um, feels like it was designed to appeal to a lot of people. And I think that's like, we lose that because every other movie in this series, uh, has like a certain element of like, that's weird. That's like super weird and unique, but you have faith in the concept. And so you're going to push it all the way through like La La right. Land, super weird and unique, but they had faith in the concept and they rode that faith all the way to a best picture nomination. Yeah. I mean, look at Mary Poppins, right? Like Mary yeah. Poppins was so out there, especially for the time was out there and strange. This just feels a little safe. Like as safe yeah. as a musical can be, it feels a little bit safe. Yeah, I think you're right. But I, I, th- that's not to say there aren't, hugely shining moments and elements. I think sure. a million dreams is not an incredible song for the greatest showman. I think it's an incredible song. Like I so think, I think it is a, a million dreams and uh, Never is a song enough. called Never Enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are the two, in my opinion, those are the two actually good songs in this movie. The one right. that was nominated, uh, this is me for, for uh, an Oscar for best original song lost the Oscar to remember me from Coco. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that was nominated that song. And I feel like, and again, like I've seen it one time and I can't remember really any of the other songs, but as I was watching, I got the distinct sense that every single song, the lyrics are, look at me, I'm downtrodden, but don't worry. I'm powerful and strong. Now I'm going to sing about it. And it's, yeah, a little that's bit. fine. That's a, a valid thing mm-hmm. to sing about in a musical. But if every song is that, and they all kind of sound the same, I don't know how I'm expected to feel like the plot is progressing. Yeah, I feel like I would add to Never Enough and Million Dreams. I really enjoy Rewrite the Stars, the Zac Efron and, and Zendaya song. Do it. Um, and it does feel more uh, less radio and more musical to me than some of the other ones, hmm. um, personally. But um, I think if yeah, the backing I, music, I think vocally, like the yeah. melody line is so musical. I think the the music that we play it with is super radio. And I think that's maybe the problem with some of these, right? Is like Well, like all the melodies are great. It's the sure, production it's so of catchy. this that's so so like Imagine Dragons 21 Pilots like radio that you'd hear in Whataburger. You know? It's like wait, what are we doing? Yeah. I think this was our direct one of our directors first films, am I right? It like was, he yeah. he hadn't done a lot before this and I think some of it did he do music videos? It's so funny. There's, there's actually some relatively acclaimed directors out there that did skate videos first, you know? And I'm like, yeah. wait, is this, oh, yeah. is this one of those guys? That's cool. Uh, I don't think it this was. This is the though. same lyricists as La La Land. It is the same lyricist as La La Land. Which is crazy to me because I think those lyrics are way better. But those lyrics, I mean, they're just aiming for a different thing. They suit the project. And this is like, I don't know, in my most cynical moments, it feels like let's make some pop songs to go on the radio. And then, yeah. I, I don't know, a story about a circus or something so people will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think the words are going to stand out more like in La La Land when they're directly helping the plot. And so right. I think I think the lyricists, <laughs> I think maybe some stuff disappears when you're not totally sure what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I want to um, talk about, I want to talk about some, some other standout things that did really well in my opinion. And I'd love to hear some things that you guys like really latched onto. And f- for me, Zendaya, I think like we didn't get very much of her, but what we did get, I think was very fun. And she felt like a breath of fresh air. It didn't, I don't know. Her character didn't feel, um, her character did not feel quite as front and center as some of the other like members of the crew. And so I think when we did get some stuff from her, it was, it felt a little fresher to me. Yeah. I, I liked, I liked the stuff with Zendaya and her brother. There is an element of that when we're like, 
getting into the the like systemic racism of right of New York City, where it's like, man, the the way like this feels like at the end of Mars Needs Moms when she takes off her helmet to save her son, and it's like, I don't know that you've earned this, <laughs> you know, right. I don't know that you've you've earned the the attempted nuanced stance on this that you're trying to take, Greatest Showman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is tough. Um, s- somebody else who I want to talk about Zach Efron. Like he sounds as like, a, he sounds like as he's a holding in a burp this whole movie. I agree. First of all, I agree. <laughs> First of all, I agree. But I'm Zach Efron. Uh, yeah, I think I would love to be uh, your second in command ringmaster of the circus. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I I have just realized about myself that I kind of feel like Zach Efron can do no wrong for me. Like, I think I am a, I think I have turned into a massive Zac Efron fan. I think yeah. he is funny. I, I think that he um, can do serious very well. I think that he can do um, music and like, I don't know. I think he can sell everything Zac Efron can. So why, why isn't he working for me at all in this movie? <laughs> I think, yeah, it is. He feels his involvement feels pretty money grabby. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we don't get him until 30 minutes in. And for a pivotal role that, I mean, everyone knows it to be Barnum and Bailey. And, and Doge said this earlier. We don't call him Bailey. We just kind of make him an, a different character. Um, his his plot line, like his arc is just so choppy. Yeah. Um, you know, my super dump, we can jump to it, is the fire um, oh, okay. The, f- the fire that burns down everything, and we have just I in a in a real funny world like that's a thirty minute scene of someone being like, I'll go in and get him, and then the person who they thought they were needing to go get in the fire just walks outside the other side, and they're like, No, we're I'm fine. Oh no, someone needs to go get him. I'll go get him, yeah. <laughs> and then they walk out and like, No, 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 I'm fine. Oh crap! Well, he's in there. We need to go get him. Uh, but I think that whole thing too. We were supposed to have, we just didn't have enough time to to help with him and Zendaya's relationship. I think if there was some meaningful stuff to the plot in terms of, I mean, this was pointed at race. You know, this was yeah. the, the big thing about our trapeze artists on how they stood out uh, because they were kind of normal circus acts. They didn't have a beard or tattoos or devil horns, um, <laughs> but they... It, they were just black. And so it was kind of like, why are we that? I feel like we should have spent more time on that. And the relationship of Zac Efron, like holding her hand and then saying, no, I don't want to, because I'm being judged, you know, right. for the color of her skin and, and interracial and, you know, it's 1920s. So hello, like that, that would have been, dude, yeah. it's like eight, it's like the 1850s. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. like even way before that. This is, um, this is so, pre-Civil War, New York city. Yeah. So it's, and they already give us other pieces that should have made that more meaningful. Like we do ha- get just the ignorant, like racist mob that yeah. just happens to show up and beat people up for being like overweight. And yeah, it's yeah. I, yeah. Dude, so the, the super the dump culminates thing- in the fire. And in fact that we're supposed to be like Zin- Zendaya's uh, where she's like singing the song again, but doing it through tears, which was a little bit too long. But like, I think, her doing that to him is supposed to mean so much more, but we kind of throw Efron by the wayside. And I think that's it. it that's what makes me feel like it was like, let's just get him in here for the money. Right. Let's get all the 16 year old girl money. And then the girls that grew up with him money. And then 
we won't worry too much about that because he can carry a note. He can sing all right. So let's just put him in here. I don't know. Dude, the other thing about the fire is because the two trapeze artists, they're brother and sister, right? Right. And that yes. brother Dude, is a big deal. You would he have is- to you would have to knock me out to keep me from running into a burning building to pull my sister out of it. Like they're just like, no, yeah. I'll go. And he's like, yeah, tight. Okay. Like it's just immediately like, yeah, yeah I won't go in. You, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you would have to subdue me to keep I, me out of a burning building to save my sister. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, I want to talk a little now bit let's about pretend Madison's not listening. Let's be, let's be real. <laughs> but how Madison, do you actually? Yeah, no, she can go she'd be fine. She'd Madison, be fine. pause the episode. Okay, now, now um, tell me. Just a little bit about this actor. He is someone that I had, when I originally watched the movie, had not realized who he was. And that's because I hadn't seen some of the biggest stuff that he'd done yet. So this is the guy who plays Black Mantis in Aquaman, if y'all have seen that. so I have not. So I he's the villain haven't. there. And then he's also a very big role in The Watchmen um, right now. And so this guy is probably going to have somewhat of a, like, career and i think it's interesting so be, it's funny that he had such a that, small role yeah when people talk about him they'll be like did you know that he was trapeze boy in the greatest showman that's exactly why i bring it up that, yeah. and it's kind Dude, of fun to try and catch that ahead of time that was cal from the watchman that was cal from the watchman yeah. they I made him you had, look not like a six yeah. foot three giant somehow in this movie like he's right. so and big I, I was like because trying he's gotta not be believable to. as a trapeze boy yeah i guess right 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 yeah his flippers I, gotta be little <laughs> small yeah so that's my super dump is the is the fire and everything that yeah i mean it was just kind of like a just doesn't land no the and my super dump almost was like nobody nobody watching this first of all nobody even knows anything about pt barnum like stuff didn't come to light about pt barnum until people were like man i loved that movie and then they look it up and they're like he was so racist he was an awful person right he's a he was using people and he called them freaks like he was he was Dude, bad. That was my biggest, biggest gripe with this movie, which means maybe it should have been my super dump. But the fact that like he like we try to paint this, even the movie like doesn't really do all that much work to paint it as anything other than people are already laughing at you. May as well get paid. I'm not going to advocate for your humanity, but right. I want to make some money off of you. Right. That's so crappy. Right. And then he gets uh he gets what my my southern family would say big for his britches uh, and starts to think that he's hot stuff and ignores those people they get upset with him and then when he's sad they go find him in a bar and go it's okay you gave us a home no he didn't no he, he exploited didn't. you and he, he moved also into a huge mansion never apologizes and you exactly he didn't give them a home he gave himself a home based on money that he earned from exploiting these folks yeah that's and awful. i have he accidentally gave them a way to belong somewhere, but that was in spite of what he was doing. And also, while we're on the subject, when his wife leaves, she says, uh, "She says you took a risk, and that's fine, but we used to always take those risks together. Hey, no, you didn't. He, st- <laughs> he bought the museum without telling you. He yeah. bought the house without telling you. He went in and did this huge trip without you. You've never yeah. done anything together. Michelle Williams was super underutilized in this movie. Yes. She oh, is a four-time Academy Award nominee. And, and she was just kind of like sing a song about a tightrope, do some laundry <laughs> on the roof, and that was it. Um, I, I want to go ahead and share Katie's super dump doge because it comes very much alongside what you were just talking okay, about. Yeah. 
she said, I wish they'd been a little more true to the negative side of the story. Even if they decided to make it more historical fiction in showing P.T. Barnum better himself with the way he treated others. In the film, they have him lose everything due to his selfishness, but he doesn't really seem to have a super heart change. No. He was caught in making bad choices. He loses the theater in the fire. He sings a song with the cast and suddenly everything is okay. When in reality, yep. there was a lot more to his story. Just wish they had had not candyfied. That's a good word. Yeah, candyfied his good. life, making Dead him on. only a hero. And something too, and, and the reason I had even started talking about that is a, what an, like nobody is wondering, okay, yeah, but how, I get it, but how do they end up doing it in tents? How do they end up doing <laughs> exactly. it? Exactly. But they give us this Hugh Jackman zoom in of like, it's almost like a nugget that like we find out, oh shoot, that's Boba Fett's son. Like it's supposed yeah. to be like some big moment <laughs> that we wasted time trying to make sure here, here here's the origin of tents in the circus. Right. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's because, it's because rent is so high in New York. Let's just yeah. get a tent. Dude, even, I, I guarantee you there wasn't a majority of theaters that was like, oh yeah, oh. Tents. Dude, That's it where felt, tents come from. It felt like a cheesy, cheesy, cheesy version of the end of The Dark Knight Rises when they're like, you should go by your real name, Robin. And everybody in the audience is like, <gasps> no way. Right. It's been Batman and Robin the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Or even at the end of Batman Begins where you get the calling card of this new of villain. Of the Joker. Yes. And you're it like, was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be intense. <laughs> I think I was supposed to feel something when Zac Efron finally put on the top hat. Was it ever expressed that like he really wanted to run the show and couldn't like, no, no. he gets the hat and puts it on and he's like, I'm going to be with my family. It's your turn. And Zac Efron smiles like my time to shine. But he has yeah. never <laughs> once been like, I'd love to be doing that. That doesn't give me goosebumps, but what does is his crazy knee to standing slide he does. Yeah, it's pretty like, cool. I am such a fan of cheap tricks, dude. I like <laughs> I I am consumed by things like that that I love. That I'm like just drama out of nowhere, crazy moves and you know, I, I probably don't know too much about good dancing over bad dancing doge, like you've said, and you're growing in that. And that's been a I fun am growing. Yeah. That's been a fun uh, arc for us during this yeah. series. But yeah. Little things like that, I'm like, dope. I'm cool. I'm down. I agree. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't in care. fact, the ending, that ending closing number is the first time in the movie that the over-the-top craziness really, really, really works for me. And it's yeah, super that was fun. cool. I like I wish end. we hadn't cut so much. Right. Like, I'm spoiled coming off of La La Land where we don't cut during the choreography so we can watch Ever, our dancers yeah. dance. But this one yeah. is like, oh, man, I wanted to see what the, the ensemble was doing. That moment where he hands over the top hat to me feels exactly like, it's yours, Charlie. The whole factory right. is yours. <laughs> right. And I, in terms of like, I, I was thinking of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not the, not the Depp version, but no, no, no. the Gene, Gene Wilder, Wilder version. Um, in kind of this genre, the subgenre of musicals for me, because it's, it is like Greatest Showman, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Moulin Rouge, because Willy Wonka too is like, while it kind of semi has some kind of plot, it's a fever dream. It's yeah, just totally. so it's just strange. Set yeah. And it's set pieces and meant to be pretty. And yeah, that was one that I had hoped would show up on our series, but I didn't think it would ever be, you have enough votes to get in. Totally. Hey, we are far past due to take a little detour, a little stop off for some shout announcements. 
Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part Ooh. of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Listeners, that was Jordan's throat. That was not my squeaky chair, even though it sounded like my squeaky chair. <laughs> we, we, we melded for one moment, one beautiful, glorious moment. Um, you became amazing. my chair for one moment? I, I don't did. like that. I did. If you believe hard enough, you can do. Clap. Clap if you believe. Anything. Clap if you believe. Now, I do want to say we've got something fun coming to Patreon. And if you're not a patron, you should consider it because it's only $3 a month every month for the rest of your life. That's not even a that's big not. cup of coffee from Starbucks. Just, just per month. That's it. And you also get tons of bonus content, some stuff on the website. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. But this month for this series... Our Patreon bonus episode is going to be over the Disney Plus, specifically the Disney Plus release of the live recording of Hamilton. Uh, We're going to watch that, talk about it, talk about the merits of theater in that manner, talk about the show itself. It's going to be pretty sweet, and that is only for our chunkiest fans, a.k.a. the patrons. So make sure you check that out. Something that is for everyone on this entire planet, but specifically for those of you who follow us on Instagram, is to find our podcast on the iTunes store and rate and review and subscribe to it. Um, That remains to be the best way to help our show reach new ears. And if you follow us on Instagram, it's because you either currently or at some point in the past have liked our show enough to take an additional action and click another button on your phone. So we're asking you to do that one more time. Go to the iTunes store, subscribe to our show, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and we will be forever grateful to you. We will be forever grateful. I am pretty grateful for the opportunity to not only uh, spend some time with my friends and talk about movies on this podcast, uh, but I've actually, uh, I've played Dungeons and Dragons for a long time, and this is a plug for a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I'm on. Um, maybe someday it'll be a part of the Two Chunks LLC uh, <laughs> family of podcasts that I'm sure we're ready to grow. We'll have this. We'll have Katie, the podcast. The podcast we'll have, just called Katie, period. We'll have the podcast called Katie, period. Uh, two Chunks and a Hunk. Uh, but this is called Dungeons. Uh, it's not called that. It, it is Dungeons <laughs> called, and Dragons. It's called Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How did we get the rights for that? Uh, it's called Trolls and Table Talk. Uh, and so uh, friends of mine, Ben Larzabal, and then Vince and Mariah Kelly, uh, we play uh, a fun, and it's, it's heavily movie influenced for me as the Dungeon Master. I had the opportunity to create some kind of homebrew content on that, uh, but it streams everywhere. So just give Trolls and Table Talk uh, a look and a listen, uh, and if you like it, let me know. I'll, I'll let you know the first four episodes were all done during the same sitting, and I might have had COVID during that time. So don't let my hacking cough uh, throw you off. Um, but, but give, give trolls and table talk a listen, uh, when you have the time, that'd be really fun. Is there anything that like the name of it is so cool and the actual reality of it is so nerdy the way dungeon master is because dungeon master sounds like the coolest title. And it's like, when you find out what a dungeon master does, you're like, Oh, that guy's kind of a dork in a good way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ragging on my DM friends, but (laughs) there's just a huge discrepancy there. It definitely is. I one of my buddies, Ben Larzabal, had done like a Facebook Live recently to where um, he was like answering questions about like how we view ourselves and how other people view us and what's the continuity there and what's off. Uh, and so I got to send in a video 
and he was explaining who I was as he was talking to these people on live Facebook. And he's like, and he's a dungeon master. But then he, he quickly had to explain what that meant <laughs> because it also, it also feels like, wait, is this guy's like a 50 shades type dude? Yeah. Like what does dungeon master even mean? But yeah, sounds like a very specific good point version of Wii sports. <laughs> it, does, it certainly does. And a it kind is of not. like this is special a non, forms you have to sign yes. and like all that. Non-explicit yeah. podcast. Yes, very much. It's the Canadian exclusive release of Wii Sports. It's, re- <laughs> it's very region specific. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust. So I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Here we go. I want to talk about... Here oh, go. here we go. I oh, want to talk go. about uh, my super dump. And oh, <laughs> I thought you already... <laughs> Boy, yeah, this one's going to take a turn then. Finally, time to have some negativity peppered in here. I, I, have, I have held off. I have not talked about my super dump yet because I wanted to wait until now. Uh, this is... <laughs> Great. This is, in my opinion, the dumbest thing that happens in this whole movie. Uh-oh. And it is. And we haven't said it yet. I think we we touched on it a smidge. Mm. I was just waiting to get in depth a little bit. Okay. The bar dance scene with Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it a little bit. That, yeah, that song is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wanna get away, bro? I still freaking jam. I jam to that. I, I listen to that by the pool. No way, dude. There is no universe. Where I am going to take you to listening. the other side. My favorite thing about that is Chelsea and I were laughing watching this scene because I had the I had an epiphany. I was like, if this was realistic, with <laughs> with as many shots as they're taking, <laughs> at one Dude. point they're like, right here, right now, I'm something. You don't have no all too many. You know, it's like they are <laughs> wasted. I didn't they're sloppy count, folks. I didn't count all the shots, but I did count minimum eleven per. <laughs> they were taking them. So they're dead. They're yep. dead outside. Um, it is. This, this uh, scene is so weird, dude. Now it's 10%. 10% ownership of the circus. And while, while we're talking about the bar, this doesn't have anything to do with my super dump. But later on in the bar, why is the bar full of pictures of his family? 
Does he live there? Everywhere. Uh, no, I mean, like, he lives there. When I go yeah. to the grocery, like, everywhere I go frequently, there's, like, the grocery store, the gas station. I always make sure to give them a picture of me and Jess. So it's like, <laughs> you know, when I come, that that's me. My theory is well, that none of them are allowed back, and those that's the wall of, like, don't let them come back in because they drank 40 shots and died. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you read. Well, I can tell you didn't read all the trivia, and that's not a shot at you because I know sometimes we don't want to do that. I didn't that. read any of it. But... Not only is this about the beginning of show business, this was also about the beginning of Chewy's as a chain <laughs> restaurant. This was the first Chewy's. This was a bar okay. of the first Chewy's. You didn't see, there were also a bunch of like portraits of dogs. Yeah. Um, a lot it of things. Hubcaps. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. 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 Kind of Fish yeah. made out of uh, license plates. Like it was, yeah. I love that. So that is, they, just didn't serve, they didn't serve food though. So it was called Slurpees. The chewing it was came later. Called- yeah, please don't. We can't. We don't have to put those two words together. No, it's great. I because that's no. I I just my point is so. This. So the dance number in Slurpee's bar was not your favorite. <laughs> yeah, my point. No. My point is this. I think that song is bad, and I think that scene is bad, and uh, together it is very bad. Oh, man, I actually think the, the worst part scene, of the movie to me. The second song in that bar is infinitesimally worse to me. I, I also think that's pretty rough. The big problem I have with that is, and we talk about from now on, the is that whatever what one has campfire and we acoustic will guitar. Come back home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one's tough. Come back home. But that's, that's another one that slaps for me. And I had fun with that song. I, I hate that moment too, because it's like, it's like PT Barnum, you were so mean and you abandoned us when you thought you had a better shot with the fancy people. And he's like, yeah, I know. So let's sing about it. Yeah, the, but there's come no back apology. because your your exploitation gave us a home. And it didn't yeah. give them a home. It just grouped <laughs> them together and said, let's exploit them all at one time rather than individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it true. feels like with, with notes like that, like there is, I talked earlier about how it feels like this cribs from Willy Wonka. Uh, whenever he's the whole circus, Zac Efron belongs to you. <laughs> but uh, it really like... It would not surprise me if, because they they wrote the first song for this. They wrote the the one I like from uh, what's it called? A million dreams. Yeah, a million dreams. That song rules. Wrote that in two thousand nine. Like that was nearly ten years before this movie came out. Then they really started working on it yeah. in two thousand eleven. I would be willing to bet money uh, that we now have, thanks to Bank Daryl. I would be willing to bet money that at some point in the revision process, right around 2015, 2016, somebody heavily involved with the script of this movie went to a showing of Lin-Manuel Miranda's fantastic masterpiece Hamilton at Rogers Theater in New York City because this feels like somebody did a Mad Lib with the Hamilton script. Because it's a guy who's downtrodden, down on his luck. He has ambition. He works really hard to get respect of people. He gets a little, again, big for his britches, has some sort of Wii Sports related scandalous event, seems to lose everything, but then realizes, no, you know what? I have a duty to continue to uphold the auteur vision that I had that carried yep. me to the top. And I get that that's kind of broad and, strokes. And, the hint, you know, it kind of takes the hints of the the kind of brushing over racism that Hamilton does exactly. too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's broad strokes, like, that's that, like archetypically a type of musical, right? We have this ambitious character who has it all, loses it all, uh, has it all, loses it all. But I don't know. There's just something about it that feels like, uh, is this Melissa Joan Hart making Felice Navidad out of Hamilton? You know, it's like a <laughs> little too close to it to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I don't get as much Hamilton vibes. Um, I think I, I see where you're coming from because you because you don't want to. Well, no, I, I think more what well, I like mean they're singing is and it dancing. Doesn't feel like like Hamilton. No, t- <laughs> to they me, sing and dance and they're telling a story. Let Jordan talk. You just find out Hamilton's the only musical to me. I've it ever doesn't seen. really feel like 
this stole from Hamilton is what I mean. I'm not saying like there's nothing in common. I'm just saying to me, it doesn't feel like I don't think Hamilton has the market cornered on guy down on his luck gets too big for his britches, has it all, loses it all. Sure. But there's, there's different elements like that's the broad strokes, but then there are some specifics that seem to line up in a weird way to me. I am not actually, I am, I am here to stir the pot a little Let's bit. Stir it. Do we take less offense to glorifying like clear historical racists and racism if the story is done well enough? Because Hamilton is full of people that we praise and we critically acclaim acclaim them. Uh, The guy who played Thomas Jefferson got a Tony, you know, and it's kind of like George Washington and all these big characters, but it's done really well. So we're not as offended by it. And I'm I'm not saying the three of us. I'm saying maybe this is something we need to start looking at. Um, and it's unfortunate that Greatest Showman is what brought it up because it, this really is not a very, very good movie. Um, but a lot of what people say about it in terms of the P.T. Barnum stuff is like, dude, this is such a lie. He wasn't like this at all. And we're over glorifying this. Uh, but I guarantee you Founding Fathers weren't even close to rapping either. So it's kind of sure. like... But I think that's intentional. Like, I think we do that in Hamilton very intentionally. And we will definitely talk about this on our Patreon episode. But I yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. a reason that we cast exclusively black and people of color actors in this show is because that's that's on the back of the soundtrack record right the story of america then as told by america now it's a way of reclaiming Mm -hmm. and saying this history doesn't belong to the supremacists it belongs to everybody and we're reclaiming it now that's good yeah yeah i i think i think i i track somewhere along there and i i think maybe there's an element too of like the 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 missteps and the mistakes of the founding fathers are more like widely known and widely available to understand than pt barnum's for sure you know i i think maybe and there's that an element of that that doesn't quite feel like it was bankrolled by the founding fathers to maintain a good image like i don't know if this was but it feels like at least part of the funding came from Ringling Bros presents Barnum and Bailey's greatest show on earth to be like 100%. No, no, no. Like, you know what I mean? It feels like a commercial yeah. almost. Right, right. And and the the whole thing about doing it as a story of PT Barnum, we've already said that it didn't even need to be that for this movie. So Right. And it's not a story that really felt like it needed to be told. And so it's yeah, in terms of its historical value comparatively to Hamilton, I am not comparing those two. I think I'd um, even be more okay with it if it was navel gazing from somebody I really like admired uh, and, and acknowledged their flaws. Like I was thinking a million dreams. Like we've talked before about how these songs have nothing to do with the plot of this movie. Let's just rip that song and put it in a movie about Walt Disney. And like the whole thing is him starting Disney world or something like that. I'm way more inclined to be on board with that. Even if it's Disney produced, it will still feel like a commercial for Disney world. But I look up, I, I have more respect for Walt Disney. And like, that just feels like, I don't know. I, I don't know that anybody was clamoring for circus origins, you know? <laughs> well, it feels appropriate. The whole plot and like the songs and stuff feel really appropriate for like Glee season three. <laughs> yeah. Because you also get in high school, you know, we've had, we've done plenty of high school movies and we get the, the beats of like, that's the potheads, that's the nerds, that's the, and here's yeah. all these people that are downtrodden and stuff. You actually get a lot of moments of, of that, like that in Glee, uh, yeah. if you've watched any of that. And so it it felt like this this needed to be a two and a half or a two hour long Glee movie special. Yeah, with this original music because they never do original music. I think it would make it would be more impressive if it was given through that vein than if it was through this movie. I'm tired of not talking about how never enough slaps. It's yeah, so good that song rules. It, I mean, it's an it was almost it's my an Adele pump. song straight up, but it is. <laughs> 
so freaking good. Um, I cannot believe that was not nominated for an Oscar for best original song, but this is me was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a million dreams and that are both so much better than this is me. I think there is, and, I, and so I want to touch on this for a second. I actually know, um, I, I've seen people on Facebook. I remember when this movie came out. There is, um, like, there is such a strong emotional connection to this is me. I think it's because. Uh, people really, really latched on to not only like the song itself, but they really latched on to, um, I don't actually know her character's name. It looks like Letty is the character's name. Yeah. From Fast the and Furious. The bearded lady. Right. The, oh, the, 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 yeah. the, be- the bearded Rodriguez woman. from Fast and Furious. No. The bearded woman is what she, like the, the ad to come see her at the Barnum Museum says, but um, I guess her character's name is Letty. And, and I know that there are people that latched on to like her so much just for various reasons, whether it's because like, I, I actually have a couple friends on Facebook who posted about it because they said they are like women who shave their facial hair and that it like connected them in that way. And they've never actually seen themselves like represented in that way on a movie, which is cool. And I never want to knock somebody's excitement at being represented. I'm just Absolutely. saying, I think that representation drove up the love yeah. for this is me higher than the song itself was like worthy yeah. of being driven, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I also, I also think too, it, it meant a lot for people to have someone who was one of the vocal powerhouses of a musical. I think there's always a ton of respect for that. Like totally. we talk about, uh, and I, I want to talk more about the stage version of this than the awful movie version we had to watch together, but Jennifer Hudson's character. So even though they oh, have like a couple of songs, they have, they're like it, like this is supposed to be the emotional driven uh, vocalist here. And the fact that that, that role here was played by this actress, I think it, it meant a lot. Yeah. Um, we, we talk about the, the songs that we liked the most in here. And I think we collectively really love a million dreams. And that was Katie's super pump. I wanted to go ahead and put okay. that there totally. because for her too, it's funny how, uh, you know, in Mary Poppins, she had some of this stuff that aligns, you know, there's really good movies can kind of reach almost anybody in a certain way. Sure. We talked too about just talking about Letty and how that can reach certain people and have them represented. But the Mary Poppins thing was funny because, you know, Katie ends up working with Disney, but is a nanny. And so she's kind of like, okay, like this, this kind of comes hand in hand with me a little bit more. Uh, but in, for a million dreams, she was talking about how um, to have those dreams as a child and then see that come to fruition and actually happen the exact way that you had hoped or even better uh, really rang true for her in terms of having these dreams to like sing in Carnegie Hall and, and do all these kinds of things um, and to kind of see some of this stuff start to happen a little bit. That meant a lot to her to see specifically through this route of music that she loves so much and essentially is her career. Um, so I thought that was a great super. That's fun. awesome. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think maybe that's something with a million dreams that like I think everybody can relate to like a lofty goal, particularly as a child and like the excitement mm-hmm. of like what that looks like growing up. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's so weird in a movie that I don't particularly care for the song, a million dreams. I feel like I could defend all day. It's like, yeah, pretty much a perfect musical song. I think it's so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find like, what is ever since we started talking about like, this doesn't need to be about PT Barnum with this music. Right. But I can't help but think of, it would be so hard because sports and music musicals never really cross paths, but like a league of their own kind of vibe. Right. Yeah. It's like, it feels like all of this stuff. It's like, Hey, we have value here. Uh, you know, and, and 
I was trying to redo the million dreams scene of like these little girls that want to play catch with the boys and they don't let them because they're a girl. Totally. I don't know. I'm trying to find I another think, place to put I it. I think there is, I'm glad you brought that up because it made me think of high school musical, how there's so much basketball involved. Um, and something oh, that, that is our sport. You found it. That's our, something, that's our sports musical. musical. Something that I think about what, as I was watching this movie is there is a pass that I give to the cheese of a Disney channel, original movie like high school musical or brink or things like that. Um, this movie feels like even musically in some ways, like it should have been released on the Disney channel in 2007 as a follow-up to high school musical. It's a budget thing. It's, I think that's exactly, it's exactly a budget thing is like, I give a pass to movies that are cheesy because they have a low budget. And I give a pass to high budget movies that are intentionally cheesy. But a high budget movie that's accidentally cheesy is a sign to me of somebody who didn't quite know what to do with the money they had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think- Like George Lucas. Right? Yeah. Well, and I, I was literally just about to say, look at how, look at the massive fumble that was the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. The budget was there. It was just they kept they they were building the train tracks about six inches in front of the train the whole time, and yeah. so that's that's what happens. There's, there must be something intrinsic about that as a consumer of that media and just a viewer that you're like you're. There's almost a jealousy of like you had this much. You yeah. had this much to be able to do these things and you kind of, you did not do this in a way that you should have, you know, it's like, oh uh, yeah. Cause we'll never have a scenario to where we get to have that kind of budget to pull something right, off. Right. <laughs> That's why it was so fun. I think some of the most special stuff that the three of us got to do, and it's worth bringing up for a little bit in terms of, cause we're in the middle of a musical series is we've, we've written musicals together. Right. Yeah. With a with five hundred dollar budgets, you yeah. know, and it was like nothing. And so to be able to pull people together for that, and there's a lot of unique things that happen with that because they all those, happen to know each other too. Those five hundred dollar um, budgets, I will never forget sitting on the floor of my apartment, and I didn't know how to sew, so I stapled together every single dinosaur tail and stuffed oh, I, it. With I remember helping you yeah. hours before the show started. Oh my gosh! On the steps of the place that we were going to have the show, making those tails. Dude, how did wow. I get, how was I the seamstress every single year? How was it like, no, Doge, he'll make the costumes. You had the prettiest hair. Yeah, you had that's the probably hair. right. That's probably right. I'm the, I'm the most Cinderella-esque out of all of us. Yeah, I have yeah. I have a vivid memory. It's a cherished memory, but I have a vivid memory of the, the night before the big like dress rehearsal evening for one of our shows. Uh, I was up by myself at like 2.30 a.m. in our apartment and just like pacing the floor going over my lines and like my song and Gabe love it. Gabe was my actual roommate. Like we, we slept in the same room and he pokes his head out and he, it was clear he had just woken up out of a sleep. He was like, Hey man, you good? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like trying to make sure this is down. And he was like, all right, I'll help. And he just comes out <laughs> and starts running it with me. And it was so perfect. Cause he was just down in the, Oh man, there's something about Was that the one I had to make you that Cape for, oh, yeah. cloak oh, for yeah. when you played King Morgan. Oh yeah. Ugh, that sucked. I hated making that thing. Yeah. That was a tough one. <laughs> but oh. uh, yeah, man. I, and, and I totally see like, you know, we talked about them in the room getting so emotional about these songs and I, I totally understand that. Um, and I, I get yeah. how, even, even more so for them, they have put so many resources, so much time. Yeah. Um, the casting, people made it. They're so pumped. And it, it makes me wonder if there is any disappointment from, like, if this isn't the movie that they were sold as they were in that rehearsal room or if it is. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. 
it's hard for yeah, me to yeah. put myself in the headspace of like getting that emotionally emotionally attached if I know that this is what the movie's gonna be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I sounds like a such Snyder a cut. horrible thing to say. We need a Snyder cut of the greatest showman. Like give us the one the studios are too afraid to show us. Cowards. I heard that Hugh Jackman has a black suit in that one. <gasps> no way, dude. Ooh. Hey, I think maybe it's time to rate this movie. <laughs> Fair. Has Fair, everybody as super long pumped as you, and super as long as you, I ha- Yeah. Yeah, I have. I did, did I both, super pump? I did both of mine at the same time, like five minutes into this episode. Yeah, that's true. Did you super pump, Carter? What is your super pump? Man, you must have loved this. Well, never, en- never enough is my super pump. Did I not oh, super I think pump you did. That? I think you did. Maybe you did. Okay. That is my favorite part. But it is a super pump in a way that I watched a season of a show and there was one episode that was amazing. Right. Fair. If I could just ha- have that by itself. Can you, like, if, so if Celine Dion came out with that single, Never Enough. Yes. That is, that would be more successful than this entire movie. Yes. Yeah. Adele, like you said, Jordan, if Adele did this song, 100%, it would be a platinum record. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't. It's a part of this movie. It's true. And it didn't even get nominated because, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my super pump was never enough. It never is. Um, I want to run us through the scientific cinema scale, which is, of course, the perfect way to rate movies invented right here in-house in our own laboratories. And it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing, let's buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God has forsaken us. I'll go first. I am, I'm streaming this. Um, I think that it is worth a watch um, the one time and for free if you can find it. Um, Yeah, I think that there is, there are a couple songs that are great and you should listen to and see within the context of the movie. And I definitely think that, uh, especially in the realm of like, overall conversation and zeitgeist like people wanted to talk about this movie when it came out but yeah i I would say um i would say it's stream for me but but almost only barely i i this was the shocking one to end up in the five for me with the votes even though i know people love it so it shouldn't be that shocking i'm gonna do what jordan did not have the courage to do and i'm gonna forget this movie Uh, we've talked a lot about how it really doesn't seem like you have to watch the movie to be able to listen to and understand the songs. They're pretty, pretty divorced from one another. So for that reason, I'm going to say, forget the movie, go find this record on Spotify, listen to, listen to a million dreams and never enough. And that's all you need to know from the greatest showman in my humble opinion. Uh, I'm a high rent. Um, I really enjoyed it and I, and the things that I enjoy are the things that I'm like, I'm not trying to put blinders on for the things that are stupid because I clearly do recognize that. And we've got about an hour and 10 minutes of, of proof of that. But <laughs> I, I, I love, I love the music. And I think I was fortunate to, from the very start, uh, not that y'all didn't, but haven't I, I, 
I was hoping for something. And again, I, I voted for Moulin Rouge to be a part of this series. Okay. And I also voted for the greatest showman because I have an absolute blast with movies like that. And I was hoping that the greatest showman would be something in the vein of Moulin Rouge. And because it ended up being that for me, I was so much of its sins were forgiven. And so it, it is a rent from me. I really wish you guys would see Moulin Rouge. I think you would enjoy that more than Greatest Show. I bet I would. It's just really, it's fun and wacky. And yeah. I bet I You get to hear a tango would. version of Roxanne. All right. I'm That's sold. Fun. Hey, speaking of being sold next week, I hope you're all sold on joining us for our fourth <laughs> installment of the Chusical series as we review The Sound of Music. I was like, I don't remember Chris Plummer selling <laughs> Julie Andrews. But the hills are right. alive. Uh, does she get does she get paid to be a nanny? Guess we'll have to find out. Because she's technically selling her time. That's uh, guess yeah, we'll, we'll have to find hmm. out. There you, the hills go. are alive with the sound of music and the theories of economics. I already connected the pieces <laughs> of the uh the transition. It's already done, yeah. guys. You don't have That's to fair. go back. It's finished. I think we're we're each gonna try to connect it and see whose was the best. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. we're just trying to make a great show, man. Nice. Speaking speaking of Nazis <laughs> and our a few of our favorite things, Sound of Music <laughs> next week. Uh, Austria. Um, do me a favor. If you have liked this episode or even maybe even especially if you hated it. Go, especially if you disagree with us. <laughs> go check out Katie Pestless and all she has to offer. When it comes to music, she is so much higher than we could even get. She is incredible. Her content is great. There is no shortage of uh, fun to be had on her Instagram and any projects that she works on that she posts about. It's just so cool. Perfect follow. Go check her out, please. Something else you could check out on the beautiful final frontier of humanity known as the World Wide Web is our merch store. Uh, We've got some great designs on there. We've got some masks, which are contrary to what you might be hearing on the news, super duper necessary and good for you to wear. (laughs) You can get some that have our logo on it or have our faces on it. You can also get shirts. You can get mugs with our ugly mugs on it. It's a lot of great stuff and we're super proud of it. So head to twochunksandahunk.com and click the merch tab at the top of the page and you'll be taken to our Public store where you can buy... uh, some swag. I hate that word. To, it stands for stuff we all get. I know. And it's stuff we all get if we pay. What? Yeah. you Does it yeah. really? I'm blowing your mind right now. I think that's a joke from The Office, and I don't know that that's actually a thing, but... The, the, it was based on years of scholarly research. I mean, archaeologists <laughs> have been looking into this for decades at this point. To Wikipedia doesn't count. Today's episode, I would like for us each to say our name and then say which 2000s pop band we would have rather seen this soundtrack based around. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I am Jordan Wonders, and I think this movie would have been better if it was all done by My Chemical Romance. I'm Doge. And Smash Mouth. <laughs> Somebody once told me my circus show is bad. Hey, we didn't even talk about the terrible villain, which is just a reviewer that was like, all your stuff is lies. And P.T. Barnum was like, so? Was he supposed to be a villain? Yeah, I think I guess so. I didn't even realize that. I just like that he was like, all your stuff is fake. And it's like, yep, he's correct. That credits. It's like in the Lion King, if Scar was like, Simba, you'll be a bad king. And Simba's like, I don't know, probably not. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm Carter, and I think the cranberries <laughs> would be would be great. Can we get a little? I think taste you of keep that? all the same footage and just add cranberry songs. Yes. In there. Can we get a little Perfect. taste of that, Carter? As the uh, as we fade. Well, away? instead of this is me, it would be zombies. Yeah. So it's kind of like, or you could just keep the lyric. You like this is me, this is me, this is me, eh, eh. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.